Welcome to another episode of Comedy Way and Presents, and welcome to the 2021 Summer Vacation Series. We're getting to know comics from around the world who performed or helped put on the isolation comedy online shows back in 2020. I'm your host, Valerie, and sometime co-host, Miss Purrington, will join us if she damn well wants. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. You can keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at ComedyWham, our ComedyWham Facebook page, and YouTube channel. In addition to podcasts, ComedyWham brings you articles, album reviews, live shows, and an events page for live shows in Austin and Houston. If you're a comic in those cities and want your show featured on the calendar, go to the events page and click submit a show to complete the short survey. Now let's get back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations, and we usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin, strike that, the world's comedy scene thriving and amazing. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Today, we are traveling all the way to Melbourne, Australia. Our guest is on the ABC local radio's Overnights with Trevor Chapel every second Tuesday at the ungodly for Australians time of 2.30 a.m., but that actually works out to 11.30 a.m. here in Austin. She's also one half of the cult comedy duo Cinema Fiasco, along with internationally renowned comedy improviser Jeff Wallace. She's the host of the weekly trivia nights around Melbourne, and she's since pivoted to online trivia events for pretty much anyone around the world. And she runs Local Laughs, which is a weekly show, and it's the longest running comedy room with a sole booker in the world at an impressive 18 years, I believe. And without her, we wouldn't have had Ryan Coffey, Dane Simpson, and the great Rusty Berther on our online comedy show. Even though she wasn't on the show, she made those things happen. And she is one of my favorites because we found out that we are almost like twins when it comes to uh, running shows and, and knowing about the comedy world uh, behind the scenes. And now, Comedy Wham presents our guest, Janet McLeod. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. How nice to how nice to meet you here in cyberspace. I know, right? In the ether. Here we are. We're in the future. <laughs> That's right. You are the future. <laughs> we are the future. <laughs> Bright and early at 10:30 a.m. while I'm recording uh Saturday night. So it's uh it is weird yep. that I'm in the evening, you're in the morning, you're about to get ready for your day and I'm about to zonk out. <laughs> yeah, you're in you're in the past. Um all I can say is that it was a great night. So you're in for a you're in for a good one. I really liked it. <laughs> Very good. Uh Janet, it is so exciting to to actually get a conversation with you. We had, I remember be, uh because of our our mismatched, you know, obviously with you being in Australia and me being in Austin, we would have co random conversations and <laughs> You know, at different times at different of the day times and night. Day. And we'd each say, look, it's near midnight. I got to go. <laughs> so funny. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's I, – I, this is – I mean, one of the big things 
at the moment or for the last year has been working out the different time zones. So thank goodness there's an, uh, there's a website that I love, Time and Date Converter. Yeah. And it gives you the multiple, you just plug in what time your gig is and then it'll give you, you can put in for different uh, different cities throughout the yeah. world and that way you don't have to do too much maths it'll just do it for you yeah that was very cool because I booked somebody to talk to in London and I wanted to make sure that they knew you know exactly what yeah. time it would be so it was great it was really that's a cool little tool you know they're amazing it's, tools on the computer <laughs> I also I also like being able to go into different time zones one of my regular uh trivia gigs at the moment is for the Australian Army and so I'm doing trivia into Gulf Standard Time so in the, the uh, I did one show and I was there was somebody in there was one team like in Afghanistan one team in Iraq one team in South Sudan and one in Saudi Arabia so you know wow. I like doing that yeah. one, of my, one of my favorite gigs last year was uh, when I had my regular comedy night online so local laughs uh -huh. uh, which is a very long-running live show as you mentioned then it was the first comedy room in Australia to transition to going online mm -hmm. so it was a uh, live via zoom so I just charged a ticket price and hey ho presto yeah uh, and so there was one where I it started off with me in Melbourne and then we went up to Steph Tisdall in Brisbane, which is up in the top part of Australia, and then over to, uh, let's see, Aditi Matal in Mumbai, down to Rachel Berger in Tasmania, up to, uh, let's see, oh, over to uh, uh, Snjolig Ludwigsdotter in Reykjavik, <laughs> then to Joanne Kam in Kuala Lumpur, to Sakdia Maruf in Jakarta, and then to Geraldine Quinn back in Melbourne. So, and it was all, and it was all women. It was great. It was, yeah. we had, it was the best virtual green room. Because <laughs> so, I always create a, a, you know, a little breakout room in Zoom so yeah. that we'll have a green room. So everybody all be funneled off there afterwards after the gig <laughs> so yeah. we all have it's like a regular comedian's green room it's great yeah we, we did something like that with with our online show we uh we would let some trusted uh comedy fans come into the the zoom room but largely it was just the green room with the comics and it was always always so much fun uh i i want to comment though before we get too far uh I not only love that story for you talking about the international bookings mm. that you had, but just how easy it you made it oh. come off the way you say it, all of these international comics names, because that is <laughs> not well, an easy task. <laughs> well, that's one of the things I like to do. I like to get people's, I like to be able to spell everybody's names no matter what, when they say, oh, just call me blah. And I go, no, 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 no. <laughs> No, I gotta get. I'm getting your name right. Let me assure you. Yeah. I mean, I can. I I know that I'm almost saying Snjerleg's name correctly. It's <laughs> close. It's an Icelandic name. So, so Snjerleg yeah. Ludvig's daughter. Daughter. Uh, it's sorry. Sorry, Snjerleg. I'm really making a dog's breakfast of it, but it's it's close. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's it's a, it was. I love very it. Very impressive. <laughs> 
Janet, I, I do something with my podcasts uh, to kick off. We've already kicked off. We know each other, but I do have a, a formal icebreaker question. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? I'm, I'm ready as I'll ever be. Here we go. All right. It is one word to describe your past. Varied. <laughs> That'll do. That'll do. Very quick. You're very quick on your, your feet. Um, what, uh, what is your, your earliest memory about comedy? Oh, uh, maybe let's go back, back, back into childhood. Uh, I remember at my, I think it must have been my sixth birthday party, seventh birthday party. I was, there was one of the boys at, at the party was cracking jokes and we went, oh, he is so funny. <laughs> so he was, he, Ward, Ward was, Ward was great. Ward gave me a, uh, a little blue um, bag for my, for a present that I've still, I still own. Oh and, my gosh. Oh, well, if only I, wouldn't it be great? It, what a great story it would have been if I had said, and now he's my husband. Yeah. No, he's not. <laughs> and, <laughs> and thinking back, I think Ward, Ward was, probably gay he was uh it was just such a great kid uh-huh. and he got on so well with the girls and he was just amazing uh and very funny and so <laughs> the oscar wilde of the the, the mm. six-year-old set yeah but uh that's, that's that's one of my earliest things of going he's really funny yeah yeah uh, and and then how did what what were your life what was your path uh you know i feel like i really am talking where did it all happen? I yeah. think that it was watching watching varying TV shows and really liking the – there's one TV show in Australia that, that had – and they included the people who were in the, the crew as part of the, part of the, the, the gags. Yeah. Because it was just them in the studio. And so suddenly the stage manager or the floor manager was, the, was a character and things like that. And – and I started to think about the way a TV show worked. Huh. And so whenever there was, you saw through into the, you know, breaking the fourth wall stuff, then I really liked that. And I sort of, I, I began to enjoy subversion. So, huh. and that's what comedy does a lot. It subverts. Yeah. Uh, so that's the, that theoretical side started to, to seep in. Uh, and there was another, there was a show in, the 80s because i'm 50 how old am i 53 54 this next weekend and uh in the 80s there was a show called australia you're standing in it and it it was again it was it was on our national broadcast to the abc uh, so at my school for the first series of that show it was pretty much me and the teachers who are watching it the other kids hadn't cottoned on to it because ah. they weren't, it wasn't until there was catchphrases or, or you know, running jokes that they started to get it in about the second series. But uh, there was a couple of characters on it who were called Tim and Debbie, and Tim and Debbie were very different because they weren't, they weren't um, uh, like stereotypes. That, or, well, they were stereotypes. But they weren't, they weren't um, stock standard comedy characters. It wasn't like, and now it's the postman or, and how, what about the funny butcher or it's the neighbor next door. They were contemporary characters. They were wankers. They were, they were artsy wankers. In a, so in, in Melbourne, I know 
I've said inner city before, and people go, oh, kind of like, you know, slum areas. No, no, inner city, Melbourne, uh, like the inner suburbs are very trendy. So that, so think of the trendy suburb, the okay. trendy artsy suburb. It was those, it was like artsy wankers from there. Okay. And so they were like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's a really amazing concept, you know. And so <laughs> and that's how they used to speak, Tim and Debbie, like, um, you know. Uh, it's like amazing was the way they spoke and they were uh and so I would do a Debbie impersonation and the teachers thought that was hilarious and that's where it's I think that's where ah. it really started that and one of the best things is that the woman who behind Debbie Mary Keneally is a friend of mine now so. <laughs> and oh even when I'm, when I'm speaking to her then uh this 14 year old Janet is still going I'm so impressed. <laughs> and that's the funny thing is that there's a lot of these people who are my comedy heroes who are friends and yeah. contemporaries now. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, I think that's one of the things that you and I connected on when we realized, you know, through our work at, at putting shows together and for me, podcasting, you end up getting to be friends with some of, of the comics and they're not just people that you see on, on stage. Yeah. And, and also when you've been around for as long as, long as me, yeah. then, yeah. Uh, then <laughs> your, your friend list is populated by the, this extraordinary number of, uh, of comedians and, uh, you know, from everybody from um, relatively unknown to world famous. <laughs> it's yeah. a strange, this strange uh, connections, the connections that you can make. And I'm one of those people who I'm, I'm a connector. I love to connect people. Uh -huh. And so I, I'm, I guess the, the term I was given, the title I was given but was by New, New Zealand comedian Cal Wilson, who lives in Australia now. She's been living here for 20 years. And she called me in an interview once, the fairy godmother of Melbourne comedy. Uh -huh. And that has stuck. <laughs> so <laughs> That makes sense. Well, and for the podcasters who uh, cannot uh, see me <laughs> right now, I am wearing, I've got rainbow eyeshadow and uh, I'm wearing glitter and I'm surrounded by fairy light. So I look yeah. like the, a fairy godmother. <laughs> <laughs> so that also helps, I suppose. Yes. yes. Um, so, yeah, I love to introduce people to their heroes and, um, you know, help somebody get a, a leg up. Yeah. Because that's often all it takes is somebody to say, oh, I can help you with that. I can connect you to that person. Yeah. And then you push them off and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will get to that in a moment. I want to find out what was your first performance? What, what, what got you to the first uh, stage? Oh, first comedy step. I uh, theatre sports, so improvised stuff. So improv, theatre games, theatre sports yeah. games. Yeah, you so, seem you seem very theatrical. And so. I wasn't. That's the interesting thing. Oh, oh well, you know what? I I started when at school we had a fancy dress day and uh, costume day, and I went as a punk and. <laughs> <laughs> but what uh, so I, I don't know I had a, the sweater dresses were all the rage they were the they were premium trend stuff uh -huh. and so I borrowed a, a an old 
jumper of my mother's that uh, was too big and it looked like a sweater dress and I blue tacked some safety pins to my ears because I didn't have pierced ears uh-huh. and then I I uh, had crimped hair that was teased up a bit and looked really big and I wore sunglasses and that was a punk but everybody <laughs> responded really positively uh-huh. and said oh wow you look really cool and I and I'd never been cool before so that was what a novelty and yeah. so the next free dress day we could just wear your regular clothes I kind of pushed the edge a little bit and so I started to do that I started to dress creatively and and come up with a style and so just that little bit of outward theatricality led into me getting into the theatre sports lot and and there was such a, a wonderful supportive group of people in my hometown of Ballarat Ballarat, oh. and the support that I got there meant that I, I was very shy. I was a really shy oh. child. Wow. And so it helped me to overcome some of that shyness and just be a bit more daring and therefore a little bit more, yeah, a bit more theatrical, not, not so worried on, on stage. Yeah. And, uh, but for straight out, you know, stand-up comedy sort of stuff, I was backstage at a at a gig before the gig, and uh, and it was like an open micy sort of thing. And the MC said, "Oh, oh half the people who uh, signed up haven't turned up. Oh no, do you have any? Do, do you know any jokes?" And I went, "Oh, a couple." And he said, "All right, you're on in the third bracket." And I went, "Oh, okay. When's that? Oh, about forty-five minutes time. Oh, okay." I better go write a routine. So that's what I did. It was a five minute, you know, five minutes. I just went out to my car. I had some, you know, silly props and things out there and wrote a five minute routine about that. Oh my gosh. And that that was that was it. Your first stand up was basically somebody volunteering you right yeah. then and there. Oh my and gosh. Went, well, and I didn't know any different. I just went, oh yeah, yeah okay, I'll do that. Okay. So Jump into this fire, Janet. Well, you okay. know, it's like Im- improv, you know. It's yeah. like, yes, and. So yeah, sure. like, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> and so it was, uh, so that was, that was the, but then I didn't do any, you know, stand-up, stand-up for another, I don't know, year or so. And then um, the next one I did, I think a friend had dared me to take the biggest thing that I could fit into my car on stage with me. And and if I took the back seat out of my car, it was a tiny little car. It was like, uh, it was called a Honda Scamp. A Honda Scamp. It was the Honda answer <laughs> to a so mini. Quaint. It was so cute. And it was a two-cylinder car. I kid you not. Two cylinders. Oh, my gosh. 600 cc's of red hot pump and power and if I took out the back seat then I could kind of thread this big buffy vinyl brown vinyl armchair into the back and so I went oh I'll take that on stage with me (laughs) so I created a routine where I had a fight sequence with this armchair oh my god where you know I'm sitting down I'm going oh the gag is supposed to be oh uh, everybody does stand-up comedy I'm doing a new sit-down comedy ha 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 whatever and uh and then the chair kept tipping me out and eventually I was going right I've had enough of this you stay here and that was the the 
the uh, sound guy, that was his cue to start some music. And so it was just that the beginning of O Fortuna as it sort of duh, 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 duh. so it, it, just in the build up. Yeah. So and by and when it came to the bah, 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 I've come back on stage, it was sort of Rambo-esque with some, you know, <laughs> makeup on my face and headband and, you know, muscle shirt and a hockey stick. And I started to have this fight with the, the armchair and eventually <laughs> impaling it, pulling out blood and uh, and guts and <laughs> standing triumphant on setting it on fire and standing triumphant above it as the music reaches a crescendo. <laughs> and the audience who are just there at an open mic stand-up show. You've just gone, wow! Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I bet it, you they remember that. Yeah, they remember that. And then the following month, then uh, they I got rebooked. And the following month, it was monthly gig at that stage. And the following month, I decided I'd make up with the armchair. And so it was a dance sequence. <laughs> now, Strictly Ballroom had just come out. That great Australian movie, Strictly Ballroom. The kitchens all get out. The Australian movie had just come out. And so I did a dance sequence to the, one of the main songs in it, Lovers in the Air. Lovers in the Air. Da, 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 da. Huh? And so that became... That one was such a hit, this dance routine that I did with it. <laughs> this stupid brown vinyl armchair wow. <laughs> with scorch marks on it from the previous show. <laughs> and uh, where, once again, I, I've run off stage, come back, I'm wearing the ballroom dancing skirt, real quick change stuff. Begin the dance routine and, you know, do a, do a, would spin around with the chair the chair is fully sequined at the back with a little number on it <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> and you know doing just all these things and doing you, walkovers and oh it's just, were you in melbourne at this point yes Did you, okay so you had already come to melbourne and you know i have no concept of, of the comedy universe in in australia from where you were to your hometown where you grew up yeah. to Melbourne was that like a a big change in scenery for you um it it to, yeah it was it was just going from a you know it, Ballarat's a country city I suppose it's not okay. a it's like what is it 80 it was probably about 60,000 people back then and uh there's, I'm get pod, podcast people. I'm being distracted because I can see Valerie yeah. at the moment. Her cat's just walked across. Classic Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Ballarat, uh, yeah. So from Ballarat to to Melbourne, which is you know a proper city, millions yeah. in it. Then it was those differences there, and the Ballarat scene was very supportive. And in Melbourne, it was more competitive. Okay. So, so the the improv scene in Melbourne was still, you know, pretty supportive, but the stand up scene was different, different mm. type of personality attracted to that. Yeah, and and for comparison, for anybody who's who's listening uh, and thinking about their own comedy scenes in Melbourne, how many clubs do you have, and how many shows a night or a week could people uh, see? Uh, what do we got at the moment? There's, um, there's, it's mostly, it's mostly comedy rooms, like as in, you know, temporary rooms in pubs, uh-huh. but there's, yeah. there's quite a look, I'm, I'm looking up a gig guide just to give you an idea. So there's a couple of permanent, uh, 
clubs yeah with that that run more than you know they they're specific comedy room, comedy clubs uh but then there's here we go here's a gig guide oh, this is probably not indicative because we're in lockdown at the yeah, moment yeah but there's generally at least you know three four uh, generally at least four five shows per night somewhere yeah in melbourne yeah they're varying varying ones like they could be open mic or they could be ticketed ones pro level ones uh great big ones like uh the last show i saw before our current lockdown was um tim minchin so yeah uh australian treasure Uh tim minchin (laughs) And I remember, I remember when he was nothing. <laughs> I remember before he went off to Edinburgh, he was taken to Edinburgh in 2005 and he was, that's where it all began. Yeah. Well, I, and, and Melbourne has its own huge festival as well. Oh, Melbourne, Melbourne International Comedy Festival is the... I mean, they say it's the third largest, but I don't. I think it's actually bigger than. I think yeah. So I think it's better than, bigger than yeah. So we've got you. You've got your Edinburgh, Montreal, and Melbourne. Yeah. But uh, Montreal's mostly those showcase shows and the uh, and sort of different type of festivals, more of a yeah. TV oriented one, and Melbourne's like an umbrella festival. It's it's a, it's got a combination of curated, like the festival itself brings certain comedians from overseas to showcase yeah. them, but then there's the umbrella festival where anybody can enter. You okay. can you just pay your registration fee, and come up with your own venue and whatever, and you can be in the program. Oh, interesting. So it's yeah, so like Edinburgh works like that, where it's it, it's specifically an umbrella festival, Edinburgh fringe yeah. uh anybody can be in it you just have to find a venue uh-huh yeah so so yeah melbourne's melbourne's uh one of the one of the essential linchpins in the the comedy industry in the world mm-hmm. so yeah. and very strong connections with with edinburgh and the international scene because this the festival circuit is something that's we're quite used to but it's almost new to some of the uh american comedians like there's people who do the club circuit in america for years and years and years and years and years and years and they never really come into the the festival circuit they never yeah uh, so that's how i know so many comedians across the planet and that I can go. Oh, let's let's do a gig with Jason in in Kuala Lumpur. Let's uh-huh. do that because you've met them at festivals. Yeah, and yeah. so it's 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 a great it's such a great connector. Like, honest to God, the comedy industry the world's big, but the comedy industry is relatively small uh, in comparison to other industries. In that you are one to two, probably two maybe three absolute tops connections away Uh from any other comedian on the face of the planet. Like for me to be three connections away from a comedian, they would have to be quite an obscure comedian. (laughs) So the, the bigger name, the bigger the name, 
the closer the connection just because you know i've got friends who have had chat shows so they're you know you go oh well chris rocks one connection away because this person's interviewed him yeah yeah um so i, I, I like I wanted, that <laughs> <laughs> that is very cool that is yeah I, I i sometimes think about my you know how many connections away am i from somebody that i can interview yeah! for a podcast <laughs> and it's honest to god it's it's really close like, yeah yeah you want to yeah. go oh i want to interview this person oh well yeah, I know. I know them. That's a that's a start. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So the the ball starts rolling on your 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 stand up career, and what do you where where do you go from there into this uh, person who produces shows and starts connecting um, people from yeah. across the world? Where did that start? So, I I was on a radio show in Melbourne on a on we've got community radio stations here, which mm-hmm. is, I suppose the closest to you is student radio. Yeah. But yeah. it's, it's not specifically connected to a university. So, okay. uh, and there, and the trip, uh, a three triple R in Melbourne, it's, was, is huge. Like, oh, well, huge. It's very influential. And certainly uh, pre-internet, it was very influential. And lots of listeners, lots of, lots of people, uh yeah like-minded individuals mm-hmm. and so the my friend dave dave taranto had a show called the cheese shop named after monty python sketch and he uh needed somebody to help him out one comedy festival so i came on board as ostensibly a you know producer production assistant and then i kind of just stayed and morphed <laughs> into morphed into an on-air role <laughs> so, and so Dave had uh, a uh, stand-up night, which I also started working on. Uh, it hadn't been going that long before I started being the the, the door bitch, as it was called. <laughs> the door bitch. That's a great Australia term, the door bitch. The, the, your box office. <laughs> but, but at a gig, it was, yeah, the door bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I like that. And, and so... Uh, so, so that's that's how I started to get some production experience and programming yeah. experience and work out how to do those sort of things. Mm-hmm. And so when Dave uh, Dave died in 1999, and uh, I kind of took on the mantle, I suppose, and began putting on my own nights that were similar but different enough because they were they reflected my tastes more. Yeah. And that's where I learned that what the programming style that I tend to have, which is uh, I want to have a good night out. That's the way I would program. Mm-hmm. But you have people saying, oh, can I, can I get a spot? And I go, oh, I don't really want to see them. And you'd have to find ways to, <laughs> have yeah. to, find ways to uh, say no. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I'd, I'd do that. Sometimes I'd program people and go, oh, I'm not enjoying this. And I'd look over at the audience and go, well, they're not enjoying this either. The only person enjoying this is the person on stage who's getting paid for doing stuff that none of us are enjoying. Oh dear. <laughs> so, yeah. But it, it just also taught me the importance of working with nice people. Mm, yeah. So that's the other part of my programming style. I want to work with nice people. I want to hear I want to hear 
different things I haven't heard before. I want to hear perspectives I've not heard before. So, and again, um, my programming style runs to diversity simply because that's what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the way I I program. So I go, oh, wow, this is cool. Somebody I've not heard from this this sort of part of the community before. I want to hear this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, they, they it kind of kept on going after that point. Yeah, and then you started Local Laughs, I guess, not not too long after that. And that's, yeah. that's uh, very impressive, the longest-running solo-booked... <laughs> Well, that's it. We, I, I, you know, if there's anybody else out there who thinks that there is somebody who, uh, tell me, I'd love to know if there's yeah. somebody else who's been the only root person. Because every other long running room, like the King's Head in London, has had a team mm. behind it. Yeah. So people get, I don't know, weeks off. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, so I think the, the King's Head in, is. Yeah, in London, it's probably the other one that I would say is the one of the all-time great long-running rooms. Yeah, there's there's a show that's here that's a solo book show, and the way that the host and the the booker has set it up is like before COVID, he just wrapped up his twentieth season, but it hasn't been twenty years. He oh, would yeah. just do shorter seasons, but it was oh. a very long-running show. Oh, what a great, what a, that's a great idea, doing seasons instead of doing it every week. I'm an idiot. Why didn't I do that? <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> that would have been much easier because it's always been <laughs> very hard going away. And I've, uh, but on those times when I have dared to go away and yeah. uh, like off to the Edinburgh Fringe and left uh, a friend, you know, running it. So I programmed it. I programmed it uh, all in advance, and yeah, then left yeah. somebody else yeah, running it. It's it's like <laughs> it's like leaving leaving your, <laughs> your baby. <laughs> I, I imagine like, I don't. Know, I've never had babies. I've only had comedy rooms, so <laughs> I imagine it's the same sort of thing. And you know, you trust you trust yeah. the person, but right. uh, they'll, they'll never do it in the same way. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I I just have to go. Oh, come on, Janet, just you know. Just leave it. <laughs> See what happens. So now with with all these years of, of performing and booking and getting to know like the world of comedy, what is your favorite part about being being in the comedy world? Uh, I think it is the well, it's the people, the people that I know and meet. I'm uh, frequently struck by how uh astonishing some of the people I know mm. are and they might not be the most known person either yeah. so they, they're just very special wonderful people like uh twitch uh, some of the people who li- are listening who are on twitch then look up uh Andrew McClellan DJ Andrew McClellan who is a wonderful indie DJ uh and comedian and he huh. is one of my favourite comedians, but Andrew McClelland is not widely known. Uh, there are the, there's people who are world famous who know him and love him and love what he does, but he himself is not hugely known. Mm. But over last year, then he ended up on Twitch, DJing on Twitch. Ah. 
and so he does things at different time zones that's good news so yeah. he has something called lunch tunes which is perfect for the american time zone because yeah. it's at lunchtime in australia which is yeah. nighttime for you exactly yeah so <laughs> i it, it, he's one of the most enthusiastic uh performers so he's yeah. got a wonderful style he's very sort of slightly foppish uh style imagine your Imagine your favourite teacher at school who was like a history teacher or somebody who really brought things to life. He's that person. Huh. So okay. he wears, and he wears uh, on stage, he'll wear, you know, three-piece tweed suits, things like that. So I love it when there's also those book shows where I go, I just want to, I just, I think it's all the well-dressed comedians, this, this show. So oh, That's a good idea, yeah. Andrew McClelland and yeah, <laughs> Ethan Ethan Kavanagh who wears bow ties and yes, Oliver Clark. <laughs> when when COVID hit, uh, Australia took it very very seriously and shut down very strictly. Mm. You know, unlike unlike America. Yes. Um, so, uh, I mean, the, the, I'm in Austin, which tends to follow. You know wants to be as safe as possible yeah. so the comics here respected the lockdowns for I, a few months and it was by late summer there were shows that were starting to to pop up uh what was the experience like for for australian comics it well we've had a quite a varied uh yeah it's been because we had a state approach uh to to give you an, a perspective our federal government is uh not my favorite <laughs> shall we say and i am glad that they were not in i mean they're supposed to be in charge of quarantine yeah but they formed what is uh they formed what's now known as the national cabinet which is all the the different premiers the leaders of the states okay. of of australia states and territory so the 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 premiers and etc uh, so they they're the ones helping make decisions and so the states became in charge of quarantine but there were only two states that had international uh this is quite long-winded sorry <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> just to give the idea so basically um the international ports where people could come in were sydney mm -hmm. and melbourne and the uh the quarantine became in hotels now hotels are not set up as quarantine stations and so there were eventual uh leaks so mistakes were made because you know big learning curve for everybody last year yeah and so melbourne had a big lockdown so we had a 112 day lockdown 112 116 something like that it's a billion years a lot, yeah. uh, it seemed, so we had a big hard lockdown uh yeah it was huge uh and the uh, and meanwhile the rest of australia was sort of do, 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 do. Oh. they're going off and doing their stuff so comedy was happening all over oh, australia wow. oh <laughs> in melbourne specifically melbourne not even the the regional areas of 
uh, of the state of Victoria where Melbourne is. It was all, it was Melbourne. So there was like the Ring of Steel was called where you're not allowed outside of there, Melbourne. So we were all locked in Uh and uh, we had a five kilometre radius. Uh, At one point there was a curfew and it it seemed incredibly harsh. But to be honest, it worked and, you know, there's a whole bunch of idiots out there. So... So it was good to corral the idiots, to be honest. Uh, but at the moment, we have got uh, some uh, – the problems have re-arisen because uh, New South Wales, where Sydney is, they they had a huge outbreak that's uh, spread uh. into into Victoria. Their Premier didn't want to look – she'd spent too, too much time uh, just dissing our Premier – and his methods. And so she couldn't look like she was doing what he was doing. So they oh haven't gosh. locked down properly. Their lockdown is includes retail stores still being open and things like that. And so it's just not, it's not going well at the moment, Valerie. Oh boy. And <laughs> so hopefully it, it, the future of the, in, somebody's listening to this podcast, they'll be going, what's she talking about? We're fine. <laughs> We're hoping. <laughs> So we're we're currently locked down, and we are hoping to be able to uh, in Victoria be able to come out the other side and then try and keep our borders intact. Yeah. What and was do, the beginning of this question? I can't remember now. I I don't know, and I've come up with a million new uh, questions uh, since. How did how did yeah how did uh, Australian comedians react? And yeah. yeah, so there was a lot of comedy rooms open and in Melbourne where they're going. Well, this is what we got. Yeah. And that's – so I'd taken the comedy online. But for the big lockdown, I stopped doing local laughs because I was getting so much other work which was paying me more. Uh, um, like local laughs, what I was trying to do was I was trying to support other people mm-hmm. but to my own detriment so that my determination to pay others meant uh, that I was – you know, not getting that much money. And during a pandemic, you really got to concentrate on your number one. (laughs) And that's how I just went, I've got to stop. I've got to put a pin in this one Mm -hmm. and just do special events and that's it. And so that's partway. So August last year, I pretty much had to uh, put a pin in local laughs for a few months and just go, guys, I'll I'll come back. (laughs) And then suddenly I started producing corporate comedy gigs and things like that so that meant that I was still producing comedy and I was hosting so many trivia nights and you know events and things like that so at the end of 2020 my my zoom hosting tally was 203 shows that I'd hosted on zoom wow and and, you know either corporate or ticketed so all Uh paid work Nice. And, and and it's and I'm still doing it. Even yeah. when we all we all were flitting around earlier this year, free as birds, able to put on live shows again, I was still doing some online shows. Yeah. Because it just seems everybody loves it. It's like uh, yeah. ge- geography is not an impediment anymore. Right. Yeah, access right. access is not an impediment. Like if you're um 
got physical uh, disabilities and it's tricky to get out or mm -hmm. uh, if you've got um, you know personality disorders that are, make it difficult or or whatever yeah or if you, it's cold and you just go I don't want to go out yeah. <laughs> stay in watch yeah. a show be part yeah. of a be part of a show yeah when I was looking at your website and looking at the trivia night I was thinking oh I'd love it if my work did something like this for one of its because we our company is all remote. Nobody's yes. ever worked in a single office. Yeah. And and so around the holidays, we tend to do, you know, a year end party. And I was thinking, oh, this would be a really fun idea if we could it do something like this. A hundred percent that's what I do because it's yeah. because you know so when you're doing remote then people go oh, oh another zoom meeting uh -huh. but I use zoom as an entertainment platform and so I've got lots of different ways and tricks and things like that so I, I mean you know I, I use OBS which many people twitchers will be yeah. uh, familiar with so yeah the open broadcast system so <laughs> it makes your zoom window into a tv screen basically so yeah you, you, it, it's like you're a tv producer so and you yeah. select varying scenes you know what it's like yeah uh, and so so those are the things that just up up the the ante a little bit so in zoom i use the breakout rooms as team rooms so your trivia team your uh -huh. quiz team is in the same room as you and so you can discuss the answers that way and it's just a great fun thing to meet workmates that you might not have met properly as well yeah. and have a social so yeah. you're you're doing a work it's like yeah a work function but yeah. and but you're so fun much fun one. yeah you're so yeah. much fun like your energy and, is just <laughs> yeah that's it I bring that fun energy yeah. and color and silliness and music i'll <laughs> put music into zoom and just videos yeah. and, and just have, muck around have yeah. a muck around as we say in australia <laughs> just muck around you know yeah. <laughs> and that, and that's it it's really those those are the things that i like to i like to be able to be that morale booster yeah yeah I mean, and that's is, what it brings it, it is so much uh fun to see the people who kind of got over their hesitation of the whole concept of a zoom show or mm. a zoom production and and embrace it there's mm. there's one comic who uh loved her so so much her uh, her name is jasmine ellis and she uh started off in in dallas texas then moved down to austin and where she really uh grew her wings and then she moved to LA in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I had interviewed her a couple of times. So I kind of knew her brain a little bit mm -hmm. and I knew she was so, um, she was so anxious about this move to, to LA and all of a sudden all of the stages are shut down. And I, I invited her to do our, our show. We were her first zoom show and then after and she was very anxious about it she didn't know if she want, really wanted to do it and after she did ours because we made it such a nice environment for her we took care mm -hmm. of everything we we made the technology easy after that she started doing a ton of zoom shows started getting paid for her her shows and right I, it was just so wonderful to see somebody who was willing to kind of get over that initial 
uh, hesitation mm. and reluctance and just embrace, you know, adapt basically. It's, we're not, yeah. we weren't asking people to change who they were as comics. We were just saying, you know, for this period of time, just adapt and yeah. see what happens. Well, and, and, and for, it's, it's skills that uh, they're not going to go away now, mm. even mm. though, you know, maybe in a few years we'll be going, oh, what pandemic. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> then these skills, these new platforms that we've all explored, they're still going to be a bit around. Yeah, yeah. And then so this, we, I mean, you have you have the advantage that you've got you've gotten to know comics from around the world because you've attended hmm. these big festivals. But for me, you know, I I I haven't, and getting to meet somebody like you and I just I just so fell in love with getting the introductions and getting uh Ryan and Dane uh and Rusty booked on our and, show. Oh by the way it's Rusty Bertha, not Burger. <laughs> oh well never mind. Oh well my okay. Well I'll have to re-listen because I have it written down as Bertha, but it probably sounded like Burger because I had a Oh okay, for all right. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. well, Ah, he won't mind. <laughs> yeah, and, they're, and they're all, uh, they're, they're comedians who, uh, uh, yeah, they they found the way. They adapted and, yeah. and again, just jumped in. Yeah. They, they jumped in and went for it. And that, yeah. again, one of the great things from last year, one of the things that I enjoyed being able to do was to help comedians gain that confidence and and fun and find the way to that comedy would work in uh this sort of a platform yeah so while i was exploring it myself but Mm. i i had the advantages in that i was i was exponentially exploring it and discovering what could happen because i was hosting these uh two hour long trivia shows so they i was having why i had lots more flying time than anybody else in, yeah. in, in Australia <laughs> any other yeah I think I, I think that's actually what happened was that I ended up with more way more flying hours than every other every other person in the end of the Australian comedy yeah. industry what are some uh surprising stories from from Australian comics in the face of this this COVID like you mentioned DJ Andrew and what he's oh. been able to do but what are some how are how have some other what are some notable stories I, of i st- i still think that uh dane simpson's servo bingo <laughs> was was one of the great things now dane lives in wagga wagga which sounds funny anyhow yeah uh in the middle of new south wales it's in regional new south wales and uh, one of the things to, of course, know about Australia is that we like to give things nicknames. So the service station, the petrol station, is the servo. So, you know, okay. like after, it's not afternoon, it's Arvo, <laughs> you know, <laughs> things like that. Uh-huh. So servo, servo bingo worked in this way. Dane would be sitting in the, uh, this is all during lockdown. So uh, Dane would be sitting in the uh, in, inside the window of a, a brewery slash bar that was opposite the service station, the servo. Okay. And uh, anybody who went to a certain takeaway shop and bought their dinner there during the week would be given a bingo card. 
And so with things written on it, like um, uh, blue, blue Ford, uh, uh, use utility, like utility truck, a, you know, uh -huh. pickup truck with a dog in the back, uh, things like, and guy in a flanny, a flannelette shirt, uh, things like that. Uh -huh. And so Dane would sit there with the camera was trained on him and you could see to the, to the service station. Uh -huh. And so he'd just call, oh, there's a guy going in. To... <laughs> so uh -huh. there's a, there's a, and so you just cross things off your uh -huh. bingo card as they turned up at the servo. <laughs> so if there wasn't enough, so if there wasn't enough action at the servo, they would eventually pull out, you know, numbers out of the, yeah. the bucket like a, uh, like a bingo game. Uh -huh. But that's it. So you'd host that. <laughs> servo bingo. Yeah. And just that a broadcast on the the brewery's Facebook page or whatever. Oh, that's so cool! <laughs> and, and people would chat, people would comment, and that was it. That was one of the the great things. Servo bingo was yeah. very funny. So that was one of the things. Uh, people like Ali McGregor, uh, who's an opera singer, cabaret singer, uh, as well. She would put on these, you know, live sort of you know live-ish shows uh -huh. that again was streamed there was lots of lots of different things like that but I yeah I think my, my trivia nights definitely took on a, a life of their own uh -huh. what are uh what are you most looking forward to once you get out of lockdown oh being you know two weeks ago was it only two weeks ago Two, three weeks ago when I saw Tim Minchin at Hamer Hall, one of the uh, performance venues here, I remember looking back, we were all masked, um, uh, but looking back in the crowd and going, there's a thousand people in here. I love this feeling. Mm. I love the feeling of being in a big, in a theatre yeah like that just go oh ooh, this this is great i love being part of this or even i like being side stage at a theater a big theater show and looking out at the audience just being able to see them uh especially if i'm producing like a comedy gala or something like that uh -huh. and just being so filled with joy rejoicing in the fact that all of these people are having such a great time i love that yeah and that the comedian is having a great time as well that's always it i i, I always see gigs as it's been like being putting on a party uh -huh. and i love it uh, no matter what event i'm doing that's one of my priorities is like a party host i i want everybody to be having a great time yeah so the comedians the the audience i don't see anything as being that different i don't have a big separation between audience uh, I'm the producer. They're the audience. They're they're the comedians. I'm uh, for me. We're all in it together. Like yeah. the ushers are with the people selling the drinks, everything. We're all doing it together. It's there's no snobbishness there. It's <laughs> like that's all. We're all we're all part of this, guys. Yeah, yeah we think... literally are all in it together. Yeah, that's true. We are. <laughs> we are. Do you do you have access to vaccines in Australia? Is it as is... Uh, we do, but uh, in fact, we were in a very good position because we, of course, had uh, you know zero community transmission. 
at one point. But our federal government uh, did not order enough vaccines and did not diversify. So we've got uh, AstraZeneca. They they put all their eggs in the AstraZeneca basket. Ah. And that's not proven to be uh, the best idea because it's got problems with depending on your age and etc so they they ordered a zero moderna (laughs) so we've got pfizer which we don't have enough of and so only people above uh i think 40 have been able to access the vaccines except if you're in a vulnerable group uh, but uh, there's a huge lot. And, and then, of course, there's people who have been very hesitant, because vaccine-hesitant people, yeah. because they've heard, they keep hearing these stories about the AstraZeneca, so they're, you know, understandably nervous about it and yeah. uh, because they keep hearing things and people are not... So that the federal government have not done this well at all. They have failed to hit every single one of their <laughs> own... Uh, uh benchmarks that they set <laughs> so yeah. and now things have blown up and so we're now suffering those consequences so hey thanks federal government <laughs> <laughs> well that's where we were last year and uh yeah things got a little bit better yeah so yeah. we uh, once we have enough vaccines for everybody then we will be in a much better position yeah. uh but yeah things are things aren't bright at the moment <laughs> but i'm you know i'm i i i i feel okay for myself but i'm worried for all my comrades yeah 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 that, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, but it, I suppose the interesting thing is that because Melbourne had the Melbourne comedy scene had such a uh, experience last year with our very long lockdown. It, at that point, it was the longest hard lockdown that had happened anywhere in the world, and wow. so we all had this, I suppose, collective trauma going on in different ways. Yeah. Uh, so when I went to the Adelaide Fringe Festival earlier this year, oh. Valerie, it was so great. Just like getting on a plane and going somewhere was like <laughs> mind blowing. I suddenly thought, oh my God, that because everything hit, COVID hit in the final week of the Adelaide Fringe Festival in uh, 2020. Ah. And so we got just scraped in the very last day of that festival. And that's uh-huh. when all the lockdowns started oh, wow. in the initial round. And so, so that was quite phenomenal to go from, I, I remember sneakily taking a photo of an audience, the very last show that I saw, which was big, fabulous, you know, circus, cabaret extravaganza. And I remember thinking this could be the last audience I see for a, a, a long time and taking a photo of the audience. <laughs> and it was, it was the last, the last one that I saw for ages. And so... Returning to the Adelaide Fringe this year was this weird experience because there'd been all this nothing in between. Yeah. Nothing and everything had happened in between. Mm-hmm. And then going back into the Adelaide Fringe where they hadn't had many, any great impact, I suppose, uh, 
it wasn't a huge impact for them. They hadn't had a big, big, big lockdown. They'd had restrictions, but it wasn't, you know, yeah. major. And so I got there and I discovered that I was a bit snappy <laughs> too. When so, not, not, you know, being mean or anything yeah. like that, but I remember at an arts industry um, uh, breakfast sort of thing, networking thing, and somebody had said, yeah, in Australia, we've been really lucky. And I just went, it's not luck. We in Victoria did all the work. Yeah. We kept you safe. And I was I just went, No, we did we worked at it. Oh. We suffered. And they were kind of mm. okay, sorry, sorry, it's just that we, we went through a lot. Yeah. So you guys didn't have to. <laughs> so anyway, uh but going to Adelaide Fringe and finding just going into shows and being part of audiences again and yeah. and uh, experiencing that sort of a arts festival where there's – Adelaide Fringe is the biggest uh, – it's the second biggest fringe festival in the world after Edinburgh and it has got uh, everything like multi-arts. It's got dance, it's got music, it's got comedy, it's got circus. In fact, the modern-day circus arts – you know the genre of circus arts where it's uh it's a very distinct genre now it ground zero for it was the adelaide fringe festival that's where in the 70s like uh the forerunners to circus oz and things like that and performers that have gone on to cirque du soleil and such like they all started there and so this amazing other art form has stemmed from there and then spread throughout the world. Huh. So when you go to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, then all those really big, amazing shows that then go on to Vegas, uh, they, they, <laughs> they, you know, you, most of the people are Australian or Australian adjacent, as in they, you know, they've, they've teamed up with the Aussies. Yeah. On these shows, yeah, it's really, it's really. I love those, and again, I love the connections. I love being yeah. able to go, oh, and this connects to that, and that goes to that. Yeah. Well, speaking of connections, we're gonna uh, start wrapping up, and we are going to, as part of our vacation series, and since you know everybody under the moon, yeah, uh, I, you know, keep keep your list reasonable. But one of the things that I like to ask our uh, our guests during this vacation series is tell us somebody that we should be paying attention to from Melbourne. You gave us DJ Andrew McClellan. Who are some other names that we should be paying attention to? Oh, well, I've, I've already sent some to you. Uh, Jude Pearl, uh, who is from uh, Austin, Texas. Ah, that's right. You had mentioned her to me. And we never quite got her on your show. Mm-hmm. Jude is, I was going to be producing her show in Edinburgh Fringe last year. Uh-huh. And we thought, oh, well, maybe we'll do it in 2021. No, definitely not 2021. Yeah. Uh, maybe 2022. <laughs> but she's going to be huge. She's She'll be worldwide. Yeah. She's one of those performers. Musical, uh, comic, uh, great, great work on a piano. Yeah. Fantastic voice. Really good. Look her up on YouTube. You will not be disappointed. Right. So if you, yeah, yes, in the uh, in that, if you like this person, you will like this person. If you liked him, <laughs> mention you will like it. Ruben Kroom, here's another one. Uh, Ruben K, he goes by. Uh, Ruben K is another phenomenon. Uh, again, uh, not stand up, it's uh, cabaret 
cabaret comedian. Okay. Uh, over the top makeup and very theatrical and fabulous. Uh, Geraldine Quinn. Oh, I'm I'm talking all about the musical comedians now. <laughs> Geraldine, Geraldine Quinn is uh, again a phenomenon. She does hilarious songs and is uh, one powerful singer. Extraordinary stuff. So her videos are, are really great as well. So she's she did a lot of videos last year. So mostly oh. it's her, her but you know, over the top makeup and everything. So yeah. I like the theatricality. Uh, I love the theatr theatricality there. Uh, Kirsty Wiebeck is a stand-up comic. Uh, she's, uh, follow her on Twitter. She is wonderful. She okay. is a wonderful tweeter. And we did a big show, big Zoom show last Friday that sold out. How can a Zoom show sell out? Well, yeah. Well, if you've only bought the 500 person large meeting add on, you don't, you can't go over that. And so we sold, so it's, I was the wow. tech, tech producer on that one. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, I've got a reputation now, Valerie. I am a very good at producing Zoom shows. <laughs> so, and there is, there's an art, there's an actual art yeah. to it to make it feel like it's a party. Uh -huh. And yeah. so, I, I always do them in Zoom meeting, not Zoom webinar, because Zoom webinar is more efficient, I suppose, but you don't have the audience connection mm -hmm. in that you can't see the audience. Right. And some people do it where they, in, you know, invite some audience members to be in the front row so they're unmuted mm -hmm. and so they're kind of part of it. But um, I like to do it in Zoom meetings. You have to set your so they can't unmute but you can invite some people to if they've got headphones and you know that sort of thing you've got to be in a quiet environment you've got to have your headphones on <laughs> you got to be by yourself so you don't chat to somebody else or your pet uh so people you know lonely people in libraries you're our prime <laughs> demographic <laughs> with a moderate chuckle but not a, over the top one yeah. and so you so you um, have them unmuted to act as soundtrack and i'm always unmuted so I, and i chuckle along as well uh so yeah so Kirsty, we did this big show they had to have an extra session put on last friday wow uh so that's going to happen again friday coming up because oh. i've realized that a, a, a live gig that i'm supposed to be doing cinema fiasco <laughs> which we haven't even talked about <gasps> cinema fiasco I do not think it's going to – I don't think we're going to be out of lockdown in time for it. Ah, never mind. Uh, so, anyway, that's – Kirsty's definitely somebody who you'll be getting a lot – you'll you'll be seeing a lot more of. Okay. Uh, there's so many people. Who else? Uh, I mean, there's people who are nationally famous in Australia, like uh, Claire Hooper, who's lovely. She's in the, the uh, one of the co-hosts of the Great Australian Bake Off. Uh, mm. There's, oh gosh, Ivan Aristegueta, everybody's favourite Venezuelan com uh, comedian <laughs> in Australia. He's a great friend of mine. We have a show together. We did one last night, which is called About This Much, because he's also a very, very good cook. And so it's an interactive cook-along show on Zoom. Oh, so fine. you will, yeah, so, <laughs> so you buy a ticket, you get emailed a list of ingredients, 
It was developed for during our lockdown. So yeah. it had to be stuff that you could buy at the supermarket because we were restricted to a five-kilometre radius. And so uh, all supermarket stuff, you go out, you buy your food, everybody logs in together. He shows you how to cook. We've got three um, iPhones set up in his kitchen. So, okay. you know, one on a tripod, one above the stove, one on the bench. I switch between the cameras and kind of like a TV director. Yeah. Wow. And then I've got all the audience's screens to choose from as well where we're, we'll have a look at what somebody's doing. So I'll play some music and everybody will show their dishes to the camera and I switch between them. And so that that's all spotlish. <laughs> so uh -huh. it's, again, it's the thing that I do when I'm producing <laughs> these shows or uh, teching these shows is treat it like a party. Yeah. Everybody's having a great time. Look at yeah. us. <laughs> uh, is there anything about the 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 Melbourne comedy scene that we should know about if we're comparing, you know, our our respective uh, comedy towns? What should we know about uh, Melbourne in general? Well, look, I it's I've said it before, the the quote about I remember somebody saying, what's the difference between the Sydney scene and the Melbourne scene? And the uh, answer was, uh, Sydney, it's business. Melbourne, it's like a giant dysfunctional family. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, we like to hang out together. I mean, I, I mean that happens in Sydney too, but yeah. it, it does have a slight difference like that. It's, there's, some of us have been there for so long. We are like the matriarchs the patriarchs of of the family yeah so we, we do we are those individuals like i'm one of the people who i i hope i hope that <laughs> i i hope that i'm a kind person uh i'm not a i'm not a easy touch but i'm not mean yeah deliberately mean i, I mean i'm not nice to everybody but <laughs> yeah <laughs> but in general i'm quite helpful yeah absolutely quite, i'm a reasonably good person <laughs> But, you know, I'm fallible, not all the time. There's some people that I just go, oh, I don't like them and I don't know why. Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm just normal like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it. I think that there's a, f a camaraderie. There's a certain camaraderie uh -huh. with oddballs, a lot of oddballs. Like quirky, it's a lot quirkier than uh, a lot of scenes. There's a lot of scenes that are very club very club style stand up yeah. so it's it's so it's all polished and very good but at the same time it's not really that interesting so i love the oddballs the weirdos uh -huh. the the outsiders people who are outside for some reason as soon as we discover them then we drag them in <laughs> Just go, oh you're cool yeah we like you and again, that's probably why the Melbourne scene just lends itself to to diversity. Yeah, uh, is that we we that's like the certain certain comedy rooms like like mine where we do just like like difference. Right. We like difference. Yeah, very good. So maybe that's it. I would say perhaps <laughs> perhaps we've got that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, very good. Well, are you ready for your closing question? Oh, I'm 
I'm preparing myself, Valerie. Here we go. <laughs> One word to describe your future. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's hard. That's harder than my past. <laughs> Because I, I, I have a feeling my future is also going to be varied. <laughs> I think I'm just going to continue. I'm making this up. Honestly, I've not, I've, I'm making this shit up as I go along. I don't have a plan. I'm just going, oh, I'll, keep, I'll do this now. If I had have had a plan, last year would have really completely ruined things. But I just went, I'll do this. Oh, I'm doing, you know what? Here's my, 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 my future chameleon. Ah. Yes. Just go, oh, it's this, is it? All right, I'll do this now, uh -huh. except in my way. Right. I'll just find the way that I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so thank goodness, you know, I can scrape together the, the resources. <laughs> yes. Maybe that's another word for it, resourced. Uh, and that doesn't have to be monetarily resourced. It's yeah. the connections I've made. Yeah. The connections I've made have been the – part of my toolkit of survival mm -hmm. yeah absolutely there's, there's my collateral <laughs> the people the people the people that i've helped along the way or uh know or uh, am grabbing and helping them up yeah because i like to do yeah i think that's what we all need to do really it's not about climbing to the top of the ladder it's it's grabbing some people and and bringing them up as well yeah. So everybody, let's do it together. Yeah, look at us. Yep, exactly. <laughs> well, that is a great note to uh, wrap up on. And uh, that will be a wrap on Comedy Wham Presents <sighs> Janet McLeod. Tell us where we can find you on social media or what we can keep uh, up with. You can find, uh, if you go to Planet Janet Trivia on Facebook, then you can find out uh, my trivia gigs, my regular pub gigs. They're my... The ones that I, uh, my it's basically my live shows that have been locked down, and I just take them online. But I also do specials and things like that. So that's a good place. And on Twitter, it's uh, at uh, Janet McLeod, and uh, it's probably that Instagram. I can't remember. <laughs> I don't. I'm not very uh, active on certain multi uh, on certain social media platforms. Yeah. I, I've got to try harder. Oh, Valerie, I've got to try harder. You're so I'm busy. A, I'm such a word of mouth person. <laughs> yeah, and you're, you're so incredibly busy. Yes, it's true. <laughs> I, had seven, I had seven gigs this weekend. Oh, my god. We're gosh. in full lockdown and I still had seven gigs. Wow. Wow. All online. Now, nothing free. <laughs> and that's, this is the other thing that I learned. I learned very early on. Like last year, I made the rule just – Make everything ticketed. Yeah, everything's got to be ticketed or paid. So that was the rule, and uh, and that and it worked. So well done, Smart. well done, yes. past yes. Janice. Well done <laughs> on that one. And thank goodness for thank thank goodness for Zoom. That's all I can say. <laughs> Thanks, Zoom. Right. Yes, because it's allowing us to have this conversation. Yay. Well, we hope you've enjoyed learning about how Janet got to be the comedic genius and. Uh, Fairy Godmother? Is that what it was? The Fairy, the fairy Godmother. godmother. The oh, Fairy Godmother of Melbourne comedy. Possibly <laughs> beyond, seeing as I, I, I've i got an international focus. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, the comedic genius that you are today, just as much as I have, this has been Comedy Wham presents Janet McLeod. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you, Janet.
Thank you, Valerie.